0: And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA, this is Tim here, with episode 213 of the World of Mythbits. And I would love to thank Looper for today's theme, which is the theme of transitioning. She's asked me the wonderful question of... How does it feel to see your name on a book? Does transitioning from a storyteller to a published author change you at all? And I guess we can sort of explore that theme a little bit as well. How... Does it change you? If it changes you at all, sending stories out, writing stories, sending stories out and then having them accepted and having them published, whether it's in a physical book, whether it's in an anthology, whether it's your own book of short stories or whether it's a novel that you've, you've written. Um, I mean, I can only respond personally as to how that may have affected me. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, an interesting topic, uh, interesting one for, um, for us to explore today. Uh, but before we get into that, there's a little bit of housekeeping that, uh, that Looper has asked me to cover off on. So, uh, from the top there, um, Cliff Flint's book, Promised Rewards, uh, is a, uh, a promised reward, I guess, um, that it will be out very soon uh so please keep an eye out on mythmart for that one that's quite exciting so that's uh cliff uh of course was the 2022 winner of the open contract challenge so um yeah really really excited hopefully we will see cliff's book uh very very soon and speaking of the open contract challenge um I believe the twenty twenty three open contract challenge will be kicking off this month, the month of March, and I reckon is it the twentieth maybe that sort of that that date sort of um was flicking around in my mind for some reason um just jumped on the open contract challenge dot com uh just recently just to remind myself. And just to let you all know, uh, just directly off the website, uh, only 20 submissions will be selected. And then round one will be the pitch. Um, so if you want to enter the open contracts challenge, uh, send the judges your pitch for a book. It does not need... Uh, so it can be... Um, it doesn't matter if it's a, a novel, novella, uh, novelette. Poem book, comic book, or an art book. Like it can be any, uh, any sort of, uh, style of book, but it's something that they will, uh, they need to be able to publish. So, um, if it's like, a, um, you can't send in, uh, things like video files or, um, your, um, audio books, uh, I don't know. The, I guess it originally has to be a story. Um, or like something something that they can physically publish um but anyway so uh once they' once you've sent the um the submission for round one the pitch uh then ten will be chosen to move on uh well, technically it's ten and then there's the wild card as well um so i think they uh they sort of sneak an eleventh one in uh then we go quarterfinals where you send your first chapter or um your first 4000 words or like a a segment of uh what it is that you're you're working on um then the semi-finals is a synopsis um and next round we'll see your synopsis of the manuscript make sure that you write a proper synopsis um and you can usually google something um, that's sort of got the, um, what a proper synopsis looks like and that sort of thing. Um, and then only two will make the final. And then the final will be the manuscript. The final step in your journey, uh, to win the open contract challenge is to submit your manuscript. Make it the best pos- possible products completely written and edited to the best of your ability, polished. Um, and also just wanted to mention too, the Open Contract Challenge was uh, first kicked off, initially established in uh, 2019. So that makes... Was it 2019? I thought thought that this was the fifth year. So I might have that wrong. But I'm pretty sure that this... Oh, what are we... So, oh yeah, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, yeah, 23. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry. My math is sound. So the fifth year of the open contract challenge. Uh, and I believe there's going to be some, um, few changes, extra, um, extra stuff like, uh, I think manuscript insurance or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the details there. Um, but yeah, pretty cool that, uh, that that's coming up. Um, just around the corner, a few weeks away. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you keep an eye on the open contracts challenge website. Uh, and hopefully we will see some, uh, dark myth, um, world of myth, um, submissions, uh, our, our regulars, uh, or newcomers. Um, the fun thing is it's a, a great opportunity for, um, for everyone and anyone. Uh, with some great prizes. Uh, I think the, um, third prize is a voucher. Second prize is, I reckon, getting your book published as an ebook. And there's also a voucher as well. Like a, um, a prepaid Visa card or something, I think. Uh, and also the first prize, I reckon is $200 US, uh, publishing contract for your book which would be super duper exciting. Uh, And also, um, I believe there's going to be something to do with appearances or an appearance at a convention uh, where you will have uh, a number of books available for you to sign and sell, which I think, yeah, would make me feel like, if I was ever to be successful, um, would make me feel like a real author. I think that'd be kind of cool. Having your own booth, um, selling and signing books and that sort of thing is a, a, uh, a very, very, very exciting opportunity. And I'm sure it's one that we are all, all hoping to win. So good luck. Uh, make sure that you're working on your manuscripts, working on your stories, working on your poetry books and your art books and comic books. And, um, yeah, make sure that you don't miss out. Make sure that you get that submission in and good luck. With making the top ten or the wild card for twenty twenty three. So then on to our topic of today. And whether getting your book published or your story published changes you um, as a person, changes you as a uh, as a writer, as a creator. Um, I have to say, personally, it was a bit surreal. It was, I went down the path, as I'm sure that many of you who have tuned into uh, previous podcasts for um, the world of MythBits uh, before, uh, realise that um, I went down the path of self-publishing. I I did the um, KPI. I think it is, uh, Amazon print on demand. Um, and I just went, you know what? Here's my manuscript. Uh, here's my Word document. I'll upload that. I sort of edited it, uh, to the point where I was happy with it. I was ready for it to go. Um, there had been a number of, uh, different competitions and different companies that I've set, I'd, uh, I'd sent it to prior to July in uh, 2018 and after the last knockback I um I had a few writer friends on Facebook uh a few writer Facebook pages that uh that I was uh, writer groups that I was belonging to that I just sent a message out to the ether sick and tired of being rejected um don't know what I'm doing wrong and somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody just sort of popped in there a comment of, why don't you self publish? And then had the link there for, um, for the Amazon site. And so I did a bit of, bit of research into that. Um, found out that it was free, which, um, for a, uh, a starving artist, free is always good, but free also means that you don't necessarily get the support. Um, sometimes you do, but you don't often get the support. That you need to create the best possible job that you can. I mean, um, since going down the path of self-publishing, I've discovered that there are people that are offering to, uh, to assist at a price. Um, that they're, um, more, uh, more skilled and knowledgeable with, um, the, uh, the whole self-publishing process. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. The, um, the result, I didn't actually see the physical book until Christmas of, uh, of 2018, where my wife was actually incredible enough to buy me a copy of my book as a Christmas present. So that was a lovely surprise to, uh, to first of all, discover that Amazon, um, sell, uh, print on demand didn't actually, um, send out books to Australia because of the cost involved in shipping, that they were really only interested in sending them around, uh, America. And then, um, I discovered, um, and that there was, uh, very specifically, there was, uh, amazon.com and then there was amazon.com.au, which was a sister company, but was a very, uh, separate site, and you um, you didn't have that interaction between the two, it it wasn't easy to actually jump on Amazon.com, put in your um, South Australian address, uh, and that they would go, yep, no worries, we can send you what it is that you're after, um, no worries about that, no questions asked, you beauty, not a problem, Bob's your uncle. It wasn't that simple, unfortunately, uh, especially back then, but by the end of 2018, uh, by November, I think it seemed to be that that was all resolved. Um, and it was wonderful enough that, um, I bought, or my wife bought me a copy of my book for, my, my novel for Christmas and my wife's sister bought her husband, who's a good great mate of mine, Ben, um, Ben, the the board game legend, Ben, my Dungeons & Dragons dungeon master, um, he ended up getting a uh, a copy as well. So when we popped around to their place Christmas morning, he uh, made sure that the first book uh, that I ever signed as an author was his copy of my novel, The Eleventh Tome, which, uh, I don't know, if he was more excited about that or if I was, I think we were both just as excited as, as each other, which was really cool. It was, uh, it was a wonderful experience. Um, to see the book itself in my hands, I think was a very surreal moment. But then I found that that was dashed for me as I flicked through it and found out that, um, when you self publish a book, you need to put in the cover page, you need to put in all those sort of details. This the program, the 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 system doesn't encourage you, doesn't actually point you in the right direction, doesn't it's not a follow the bouncing ball. It's um basically you've got to have all of that in the manuscript before you send it through. I'd assumed that the program would go, okay, so you've published this in July 2018 we will put July 2018 on the publication page as the publication date we will put in the ISBN uh, we will put in the um, the information about the rights of the author and uh, and that sort of thing but no no no. I basically I picked my cover image which probably wasn't the best cover image um, but it was the best cover image for what was available at the time uh, I chose my font Um I chose the the size of the font I chose the um the sorry the the front cover um I chose like the the front cover image the um the um the font size for the details on the uh on the front cover um and then of course I chose the the font style for the book itself the font size uh which looking back on all of those choices, I would probably cho- have chosen a different font, a larger font. Um, lots. The, as a librarian, I look at this book that I've produced and I can pick and pick and pick and pick and pick because there are so many things that as a librarian, I think a, bu- a book should have and a book needs. Um, and a lot of those are missing from, uh, from the 11th Tome. And it frustrates me. It does. But at the same time, it doesn't take away the feeling of opening that Christmas present, December 2018, and seeing my book and physically holding my book and seeing my name as the author and flipping over onto the back and looking at the blurb and there's the author image. There's me, my smiling face, saying, please, please buy my book. Please, please come and read my book. Um, and then there's the whole issue with, uh, the number of copies that I've sold, but the fact that there's a minimum number of copies that you have to sell or a minimum amount, sorry, that you have to make before Amazon will actually pay you. So, uh, I'm still shy of that. So what are we now? We're coming up to five years on. That'd be longer than five years, would it? 2018, July, 2018. So this, yeah, we'd be coming up to, um, the sixth year, I'd say, uh, of me having my book out there, uh, available for people to buy. And I'm still short on, um, how many copies I need to sell. But then that's probably my own fault too. In the, uh, the way that I priced the book, um, I've made it that I'm really only making, uh, a dollar a copy, um, after uh all the the shipping and uh and um printing costs and uh and everything else that's involved so um so yeah I i guess i i changed my mentality i i understood that i could write i could create and i could publish thanks to uh thanks to the internet and thanks to online Services that are now available, and there are probably better ones out there than um, what Amazon is offering. But of course, some of like not very many of them, if any of other of them, uh, are actually free. And if you know what you're doing, free is awesome. Free, uh, free is incredible. Um, but if you don't know what you're doing, then uh, then maybe it's a uh, a good idea the first couple of times, perhaps, to go down the path of um engaging those companies that know what they're doing or uh, at least engaging somebody or some people that uh, that have a bit more of an idea of um how to self publish successfully oh, and then you've got the whole marketing thing um actually putting yourself out there because it's not just your book that you're trying to market uh as Steph has so wonderfully mentioned uh, in a, uh, a previous podcast, it's all about self promotion, promoting you as the writer, you as the person who's most passionate about the story, you who is the person that knows the most about the story and loves the characters the most and, um, wants to express that joy and that excitement to potential readers. The best person to do that is you. And I think. Steph, you are bang on there. Bang on. Um, and I guess in a way, hopefully having your name on that book or your name to that story or, um, that inspires you and excites you about self promoting, about putting yourself out there. Um, and I have to say, what, 10, 10 years ago, 15? How many years have I been working for the library? It's coming up to 16, maybe 17. We're coming up to 17 years working for um, our uh, our wonderful library service here in Murray Bridge in South Australia. Uh, and I have to say that um, over the years, I have grown in confidence to stand up in front of a crowd of people uh, and actually say what i have to say and um i would uh i would think that even though i've loved for so long for pretty much all my life i've loved to tell stories um and write stories and share stories i would have to say that it's only since i've been working in a uh, in the library field and being so interactive with community that i've actually grown in confidence as a public speaker and I think that's something that you really, really, unfortunately, you need to have, need to have the amazing imagination, the incredible ability to tell a great story. But you also need to be able to have that confidence to stand up in front of people and stand up in front of a crowd and to promote yourself. And that can be very, very scary, very daunting. And that can be the reason why a lot of manuscripts sit in boxes in drawers at people's houses or in cupboards never to see the light of day it's that next step of i can create a story um i can write i can get that excitement but it's taking that that huge leap to uh to step into the spotlight so one thing that i would like to do um is I would like to actually share with you one of the stories, uh, maybe two stories. We'll see. We'll share I'll share with you first of all. This is the first story that I had accepted by the World of Myth magazine. This was, oh, was it early 2019? Maybe? Or late 2018? Early 2019? But anyway, this one is called Final Breath, and it is, yeah, it was a fun, fun story for me to write. So here we go. If you will uh, allow me to step into the spotlight, I would like to share Final Breath by Timothy Law. The train passed through the Scottish click. The steady rhythm was lulling me to slumber. I stared bored out the window at the gloom and muck, my eyes half-closed. The reflection of the man that sat opposite me caught my eye as he opened his carpet bag and peered inside for the third time during our journey together. No, he hissed. No, I won't. The bag snapped shut. As the man noticed, my reflection staring. His sunken eyes stared frog like, those eyes bulging unusual. He continued to hold my reflective glare until I was forced to look away and stare once more at the dreary landscape. The man whispered under his breath some strange syllable I did not quite catch. Then his arm stretched out to pat my knee a clammy hand, moist. "'Do you want to see it?' he whispered. His smile was more like a smirk, filled with strangely jagged teeth and confidence. I turned to face him, front on, and I gave him my sternest frown. "'No,' I replied curtly. "'Your business is your business. Thank you very much.' "'But you seem curious, sir,' he insisted and I must show someone. The carpet bag, about the size of a briefcase, but a great deal wider, was located on the floor between the stranger's feet. He grunted as he lifted the bag from the floor to his lap, demonstrating the weighty nature of what was inside. The latch was clicked again, and from within the darkened depths there was retrieved a large glass bowl. I noted with a raised eyebrow and a look of both surprise and concern that the bowl contained a swelling mist. Through the glass I thought I caught a whisper that seemed to beg for release. Beautiful, isn't it? asked the man that sat opposite me. All the while he watched the mist Move about. It looked angry. I did not wish to engage, but I could not help myself. What is it? I asked. What is it? spat back the stranger. What is it? These, those amphibian eyes bulged even larger as he seemed to become as agitated as the mist in the bowl. Taking a deep breath, He calmed himself before his gaze ceased to watch the mist, and he began to explain. His eyes became considerate or condescending as they locked with mine, making certain he had my full attention. What you see before you, friend, he stated with a sharp-toothed smile, is the greatest weapon to have ever been invented. It looks like a fog," I blurted, surprised at what I had been told. "Not fog, sir. A deadly mist that, when released, will div- will enter your body and eat you from the inside out." "You jest," I retorted. The stranger sighed. "I only hope that Hitler has more faith than you," he muttered, as he made to place the bowl back into the bag. The mist hit the bowl, a forceful strike, I'd thought impossible, and yet it happened right before my eyes. The bowl rolled forward and seemed to leap off the man's lap. We both watched as the glass dropped towards the floor and then landed with a thud. Both I and the stranger held our breath for a second. There was nothing. Then the faintest hairline crack appeared upon the glass. With a wild eagerness, the mist began to strike again and again at this tiny floor. "'Run!' edged the stranger. This time the frog-like eyes showed nothing but complete fear. In a matter of seconds the mist made a waft free of— In a matter of seconds the mist began to waft free of the glass— and weave through the air towards the stranger. He waved at the mist wildly, but it drifted around his frantic efforts and found its way effortlessly into his clothes. There was a single gasp from the man before I witnessed flecks of crimson blowing from his nose, and that a trickle of red had dribbled down from his lips to his chin. "'Run!' he urged again a mere whisper, "'before I witnessed him slumping forward. "'As I hurried from my seat to the compartment door, "'I saw the mist exit by the man's ear. "'It had the face of an angelic child. "'Stay,' it urged. "'Wrenching open the door to leave, "'I bumbled into the conductor. "'Ticket, sir?' cried the lanky young lad, "'all dressed in blue. "'Forget my ticket, just run!' I urged. "'But I was already too late.' The mist drifted forward and slid into the youth. I hurried on, leaving behind the boy to his fate. As I made my way through the passage, I knocked on every door I passed. Run, I urged, but many ignored me. I shivered as I heard their screams. But what frightened me more was the pattern of sudden silences as those screams of fear and surprise were cut short. I threw open the carriage door and felt the icy wind slap my face. With courage, I leapt to the carriage in front and entered. I slammed the door behind and latched it, hoping to bar the mist from following. Unsure, I continued my frantic journey down the passage. Ignoring the curious stares of dining strangers, I watched on as the mist edged towards the gap between the train cars, with what looked like a leap It bridged the distance and sought for a crack through which it could follow. It was desperate. All the while it was searching for an entry point, the highland gale stole from it little pieces. Tattered it, I tattered, it finally appeared through a slit near the hinges. All that remained of the angelic face were those two innocent eyes. I turned to run on afraid to stay. This time, many others followed my lead, but it was too many, and one by one, the mist flowed through them. As it ate, it grew in size and strength. Through carriage after carriage, I fled, searching for something, or someone, by which I'd be saved. As I felt the back of the final carriage, and stared into the wide eyes of all the passengers aboard, I knew that there would be no stopping this monstrous mist as the screams faded from my ears and I felt the mist seep effortlessly into my chest my final thoughts were that of wonder would the train arrive at its destination and unleash this killer upon the world if there were a god then the train would stop and the mist would disperse upon the highland winds with my final breath I began to pray as the first words trickled out amongst my blood and spittle. I felt my heart stop. The rhythm of the train was my final sensation. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, carrying death onward forever. The end. So, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Steph, but I'm pretty sure that was my very first submission to uh, the World of Myth magazine. And um, I was super-duper excited to get the email back from uh, from our chief editor to say, thank you so much, the, that was an amazing story, and we would love to include it in um, in the World of Myth magazine. And I don't know how many times I emailed Steph after that, trying to find out, when the uh the magazine was coming out and um straight onto to Facebook I went as soon as it was out with the link straight on um sending it out to family and friends and uh and any of the the writers that i uh I had contact with that I knew uh and I'm super excited that um I don't know if many of them were already uh submitters to um the world of Myth magazine, but I'm glad to say that many of them are now, so um yeah, it was uh I'd like to think hopefully a uh, start of something for um for many other writers as well, and just a great opportunity for um for us all to share our our stories long and short, our poetry artworks. Reviews, you can, you can watch movies or read books or, um, like Michael does, uh, actually go in, um, sort of delve into the, the realm of, uh, unknown and obscure artists or, uh, even artists that we've all heard of but don't really know. Um, yeah, there's a, a great opportunity for, um, whatever it is that you want to share. I'm sure that, um, the World of Myth magazine is, uh, is definitely the platform where, uh, where you can do so. So I thought, got a few more minutes left. I thought I might share another story. This one here, um, I can't remember exactly when I sent it through. Uh, might have been August, maybe August 2020. Or uh, something like that would might have made it into the September uh, September magazine for that year, but this one here is a um a much shorter story. This one here is called The Writer's Wish, and this one is um is one where uh I actually received a um I was away for a romantic weekend with my wife celebrating a wedding anniversary. It was June July? Might have been for my birthday, might have been for our wedding anniversary. Um, one's in June, one's in July. And, um, the, um, the, uh, Australian writers, uh, furious fiction, uh, every, uh, the first Friday of the month, uh, every month it was back then, um, they would send out a, um, a story prompt and then you had three days to uh you had the, the Friday afternoon, you had the Saturday, and then by Sunday you had to have it submitted to them. Uh and this is one that uh that I did from um from a uh, a prompt from uh the Australian Writers Centre and this one is called The Writer's Wish. So it says The Writers Wish by Timothy Law. You hear a hedge clipper far off, shimmering back, the brush. That surrounds the church grounds you duck under the arch in the greenery and head over to the open doors mournful music spills out from within making you wonder why you are being drawn nearer and nearer curious you enter and discover so many of your loved ones family who are friends and those friends that became like family. You wander down the aisle, moving between so many people you love and care about. You move to greet them one by one, but no face turns your way. That is until, at a pew in front, there is a lady you don't recognize. Welcome, she says, and gives you a beaming smile. Come, sit. I've saved you. A front row seat you sit you see the coffin at the front and listen to the preacher preach the pipe organ suddenly bursts into life and you are surprised and you are surprised to discover it is your favorite hymn you join in the singing loud and off key as usual only the lady covers her ears but she is chuckling to herself loving that you're enjoying the moment THEN THE PREACHER CALLS FORTH, YOUR CLOSEST FRIEND, AND THE WORDS THAT FOLLOW BRING TEARS TO YOUR EYES, SO MANY SPECIAL MEMORIES. QUITE A LIFE YOU'VE HAD, murmurs THE LADY. YOU SHOULD WRITE A BOOK. I HAVE, YOU SAY, TO WHICH THE LADY NODS SAGELY, TO SHOW SHE KNEW THAT ALREADY. WHO ARE YOU? YOU ASK, CURIOUS, PERHAPS A LITTLE AFRAID. What the answer will be I am the one Who will take you to the place Where there is no writer's block Where every Sentence is gold And every publisher says yes Sounds like heaven You reply The lady winks before rising From the pew She wanders towards the light You have now noticed Has been shining Beyond Preacher Beyond your loved ones, beyond the church, it is your next chapter. You rise too and follow after knowing this is not the end of your story. And then ironically, right at the end of that, of course, I've put the end. <laughs> so, there's just a couple of examples of, um, of stories short stories are uh, stories that have sort of been part of my writing um journey my my writing life and um i uh, yeah i'm very very happy that uh, that I've had the opportunity to share them with you today um i don't know i guess in a way they sort of relate back to um that topic that um luper suggested the topic of, uh, does it change you when you actually see, uh, your name on a book or your name on a story? Um, and I guess in a way, every, every acceptance manages to build that confidence and build you up as a, um, as a writer and as a creator. Uh, and I guess in a way, every, uh, Rejection too manages to, to sort of whittle away at that confidence. Um, and of course, there are some, some calls for stories and poems and, uh, and such that as a, uh, as a, I guess, an inexperienced writer, I suppose I still am, you are right off the mark. Like you, you just totally, like, um, some of the, um, rejection letters that I, uh, that I've been getting, re- rejection emails is, um, along the lines of, Hey, this was an amazing story, but it just doesn't fit what it is that we're looking for at the moment. We wish you all the best with submitting it elsewhere. Uh, and I think that's wonderful. I think it's better than a flat out no, but it's also still a no. But you have to think that for every door that shuts like that, there's bound to be a window that you can find, a window that you can open. Um, and every story deserves a home. And ev- for every story, I believe there is a home. Uh, you just have to keep looking. You just have to um, make sure that you don't give up until you find it. And so I've got a few stories that I've written in the past that I'm still looking for homes for. Um, and yeah, I've got that confidence that, uh, I am a good writer. And I think we all should, um, we all should believe that and understand that and know that and, uh, and keep that in the forefront of our minds as we write, as we submit. Um, we are talented. We are great at what we do. Um, and, yeah, just around the corner, I'm sure that there is a, um, another acceptance waiting there for all of us. Uh, I guess the, uh, the challenge is that we, um, we have to read the brief, uh, and understand the, um, the companies that we're, the sites that we're, uh, we're sending to. Um, I'd like to thank so many writers. Out there that have actually been so supportive and so encouraging for me uh, and it's wonderful that uh, that we are as a uh, as a network or as a family so encouraging of each other. Um, I think many of us have um, have walked that path of the thousands and thousands of rejections before we finally get an acceptance um, And it's, it's great to get that little bit of a pep talk of, Hey, you've, you've been rejected, but that's just the life of a writer. That, um, not every story is going to be a yes. And that makes every yes that little bit sweeter. So I think it's wonderful. We've got the family, uh, dynamic there, the support there for, uh, for each and every one of us. Um, And I think it's, um, it's what helps to, um, to push us forward, to encourage us to, to submit again and again and again. Um, even though the likelihood of, uh, us receiving a rejection is incredibly high, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's that family, that support, that friendship that actually, um, yeah carries us forward and uh and gives us that confidence so i just wanted to say to you all thank you very much thank you for being a part of that family thank you for listening to uh whatever it is that uh that i decide to uh dribble on about um each and every week and um yeah it's encouraging for me to uh to get that feedback from you um and don't forget as well, the uh, February edition of the World of Myth magazine, February twenty twenty three, will be coming out uh, hopefully soon. Um, and yeah, I'm really really excited, really really looking forward to uh, seeing the cover, the the brilliant amazing art, uh, and discovering just how many stories, poems, artworks that uh, that make it to the gallery um how much travel and flash there'll be um how how many reviews uh that i get to review yeah there's lots and lots to be excited about this is a great time to be a creator so go out create and um yeah all the best of luck for the open contract challenge as well sayonara farewell from sa uh until um yeah, episode 214 of the world of MythBits.